Let's. Good morning. Okay. Carter Alton Owen. There you go. Get this crew on up here. What a great, great honor. You know, uh, I can't help but think uh, out of Luke 2, Jesus uh, being born and then uh, at the end of that chapter taken to the temple and uh, being talked about by the prophet and the prophetess and encouraged and said good things and how, much, how encouraging that was to their parents. And I thought about how that's really just the work just started then and so that's kind of the way this is. What a great blessing, this little one. And look, this one's fought a battle. Uh, I, I don't know how many days was in the hospital. Y'all know how much you lose count? 76 days in the hospital. And, and through some surgery and some difficulty and many, many of you praying. And of course, I know all these people up here praying, right, uh, for this great, great blessing. And so, uh, Allison and John David, I want to give you all this Bible. I know you will carry on the heritage uh, uh, for which this young one's named and the heritage that exists on both sides of the family here in the Lord. And uh, we want to encourage you uh, uh, to continue to raise this little one up, uh, uh, feeding on God's word and following God's son. And I know that you will do that. I'm thankful for your faith. I know for your prayers, for your work. I also basically just lived in the hospital for a long time there. So look, I, I really love you guys, and we want to just ask the Lord to bless this little one today, okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Father, for this family, for their great love for you and for their faith, especially right now for this little one. What a great, great blessing. And what a great day, uh, well, just a great moment, Father, to call on you, to ask that you watch over them as they raise this one and that uh, he will be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and will follow in the steps of those in his family that are so, such a strong faith as well as follow most importantly in the steps of Jesus. Bless him Father with, with continued uh, health, with growth, with Father with spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, in every way with protecting growth of this young one. Thank you, Father, for this family. We ask your blessings upon them in Jesus' name. Amen.
What a great, great blessing. Hope you've had a Merry Christmas. The day is gone. There's other things to come after Christmas. Watch this right here. Guys. Christmas work just starts right now. Because uh, reminded uh, out of the book of Luke, as we mentioned earlier, we were talking about the baby blessing. When Jesus was blessed, remember uh, at the right time, he was taken to the temple courts, and, and, uh, and Simeon and Anna, the prophetess, they had announced uh, to all the people there the greatness of this baby child and, so, uh, and what he was going to do for his people. And the work began. Remember a few years later, he's found in the temple and, uh, they, and he's lost they're wondering where he is and he's saying i'm about my father's business or my father's work and of course later on when jesus is baptized and he initiates that ministry uh and to uh, and to what he's going to be doing with the disciples and all the way preaching and talking about the kingdom of god and in the book of luke in chapter four he says god's spirit is on me he's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor Send me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burden and battered free, and to announce, I love this version, it says, to announce this is God's year to act. And I thought, you know, this is Christmas time, Christmas is over, but this is God's year for you and I to act. There's things to be done. We have the same work. What is the work of the church? What is the work of Christmas? I was asking uh, somebody, in the, just actually just a guy was sitting by in a restaurant in the community. I was just asking him about, uh, what do you think the work of a church is? And he said, well, he, and then he asked me, he said, Michael, you tell me what it is, what the churches are doing, or what it should be? I said, well, what it should be? He said, well, I think, you know, this is not a guy that's a member here or anything like that. He just said, I think it ought to be, you got to give hope to people and help folks that are in need. And I thought, you know what? He's pretty close, isn't he? That's the work of the church. And I think we miss the work of Christmas, the work of Christ, the work of the church and what it's about. Remember, the church is the body of Christ. It's not about organization. It's about an organism. This is alive. This thing grows, right? The body of Christ. Whatever Jesus was busy doing in his body while on earth is what the body of Christ should be busy doing while we're here. Does that make sense? 
I, mean, I, I think sometimes it's so simple we overlook things that are really the work of Christ. When you go to your job and you agree to work so many hours for so much money and you do a good job and you have integrity and you have trust and you have heart in what you do, you're doing the work of the church. Because you see, you're building a testimony about what God's people, how God's people handle things when they come to work. And when you go home and you treat your wife right and you grow in your marriage and you work together, that's the work of the church. And when you use your talents and abilities to help other people as you run it, that's the work of the church. There's only so many jobs can happen in an assembly, right? The work of the church is not what takes place in, under uh, this room. Now, this is, this is work of the church, but it's not like that. That's not all there is to it. There's much more is what you do and how you live outside these walls. That's the work of the church. You need to be encouraged. You need to take note that when you serve God with all your heart and you serve your family and, and you do the right kind of work on the job and you're honest and you have built integrity, you are doing the work of the church because you are out there the salt and light in a world that desperately needs salt and light. Well, it's easy to celebrate one day, but to live it every day, that takes the action and the attitude of a verse in Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. Now you're familiar with this verse. We've quoted it a lot of times. What does God require of man but to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with his God? But just a little bit of the context before this verse is written. Because earlier in the chapter... God has been, it's like he's taken, he paints a courtroom situation where he's making accusations against the nation of Israel for their rebellion and their disrespect and their walks and their in error and all these things he's taking care of. And then as he goes on in, in this chapter uh, doing that, then, he's, then it's this question, he said, what, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? If all this is against me, what can I do? And they said, shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Will that show God how serious I am? I mean, what do I have to do? He showed you, oh man, what's good. And what does the Lord require of you? He said, I don't require thousands of rams or 10,000 rivers of oil. That's not what I'm requiring. You just need to act justly. Well, one version says to do the right thing. Now, this is a commitment because you will not always feel like doing the right thing. I don't know if you've experienced that yet or not. Sometimes I don't feel like doing the right thing. Someone calls me at 10 o'clock at night, and Mike, can you meet me here? I got this problem. And I, I don't feel like doing the right thing. Now, I know. I just made everybody nervous. If they'll look at their clock now when they need to call me. It's okay. You can call. I promise. It's all right. I'll be there. But don't you experience that? Sometimes you don't feel like doing the right thing. We have to do the right thing whether we feel like it or not. If we always wait for any, an emotional time that says I'm okay inside to do the right thing, we'll never do the right thing. 
Act justly. Matter of fact, these folks were doing things like uh, cheating on the weights in their, in their merchandise, and they were working, and they weren't doing right. They weren't doing the just thing. And he says, look, you need to be fair. You need to be right. You need to be just in how you handle things. So that action of just do the right thing, and that's hard because you have to go against sometimes the inside of your heart. Because you have to do the right thing to people who haven't done the right thing, what? To you. And boy, is that ever a difficult task. And then he says, not only do you do that, you've got to do this thing called love mercy, or some versions say love loving kindness. Show that to other people. I think about that mercy thing. I'm a guy, when I watch a movie, I love for the bad guys who are whipping up on the good guy, for the good guy to all of a sudden come up out of, you know, all of his hurts and to whip the bad guys. And at the end of the movie, he wins and gets the woman too. That's a good ending, right? Isn't that a good ending to a movie? I mean, I want the bad guys to get it. I want, the, you know, I want justice. But then I think in real life, do I want that? Because look, in real life, there are no good guys. But one, there's only one that's good. Jesus Christ, we're all the bad guys, right? So he says, you've got to learn to love mercy. That means I have to learn to love to see people get off the hook. We don't say it like that, but that's what it means. In other words, but, but what happens is we have a hard time doing that because we want to play God. We want to take God's place. Because you see, if I can decide whether you're serious or not about getting right, then I can judge that, and then I can decide about whether to give you mercy or not. We have to learn to love mercy even though, because we cannot tell a man's heart. I'm telling you, I, I've tried it. Trying to be God will wear you out. And I'm not very good at it. Are you? I want to make decisions about people's motives, especially if it's somebody that's responded time and time again, and they keep having the same old problems, and I just want to say, look, you know, good night, you know, I, mean, you know, I want to lay, lay down the judgment to them. And, and I know there's a time for challenge and repentance, but look, I do not know a person's heart. And I need to quit acting like I do. Because that keeps me from loving mercy. And that's hardest sometimes to people that we're close to. Because we really think we do know their heart. Love mercy. We don't have a problem love getting mercy. It's to love mercy to go out to other people. That's the real difficult thing. Loving mercy. Loving people... And do the right thing by them and love to see them find freedom over the thing that's kept them captured in life. Instead of judging. That's a difficult, difficult thing. And then he says to walk humbly. You ever been humbled? You know, there's, there's humble moments when we, you know, and then there's the walking humbly. And those are a little bit two different things. You know, uh, uh, there's those moments of embarrassment, right? Uh, a couple years ago, I got into riding my bicycle all over town. I rode through the drive-thru at the bank. The lady said, you get good gas miles on that, don't you? I said, yeah, I really do. And so I'm riding down one day, and there was a, I was riding that kind of little, in a little edge of a parking lot, and a car kind of kind of pulled over to the side. you got to watch everybody right, you know. And so I, I, I turn, when I go into the parking lot, I'm riding and there's, there's some grass between the, two, the parking lot and the other parking lot. And I think I'll just ride right through that. 
you know, it's a little bit high grass. What I didn't know was there was a curb right there. So I'm pedaling along, and boom, I hit it, and the bike goes up over, and I go up over, and, you know, and I do the manly thing. As soon as I get up, I look around and see if anybody saw me. <laughs> and then I really like to act like I did that on purpose. I just didn't land my landing, you know, right? Boy, you'll be humbled quickly. Why can't we live knowing we make mistakes out in front of public eye all the time and just go ahead and walk humbly because we just don't have it all together? I, I mess up. I'm committed to do right, and I want to be committed to love mercy. But when I do that, I has to be coupled with this spirit of humility because if I don't have the spirit of humility then my doing right will turn into judgment about why other people aren't doing right like I'm doing right. And that we always must avoid. You know, I, I catch myself up in, into the news or the politics, and I think, I'll tell you what, if they just listened to me, I could solve all these problems. I mean, I really, could, I really think I have some good answers. Nobody's asked me for them. I really think I could help. But what is it about us? That old thing of pride jumps up and grabs our heart. And it's so hard for us to swallow that and walk humble. One version says, live humbly every day. So it's a constant lifestyle. And it's a constant looking at my life. Look, humility is not me thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. You got it? It's not looking and noticing all the faults. I know all the faults in me. It's not that I'm going to keep looking and be poor me and pitiful me. Look how bad I've done this. I've done. It's not that. That's not humility. That's just self-pity. And that, that little pity party, uh, nobody comes to a pity party. And the ones that do don't bring gifts, right? I mean, look, a pity party's no good. No, it's, it's not that. That's not humility. But humility is acknowledging God is the greatest and not thinking about me near as much because I think about myself, my heart, my feelings, my, 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 way too much when I need to be thinking about Him and His heart and His love for people and how He views people. And when I see them from His viewpoint, I can treat them better than I can when I just see them from my viewpoint. The work of the church, you're doing it in a lot of areas if you'll be conscious of it. And whatever you work, whatever you find to do with your hand, do it with all your might. But give God the glory. Being the right spouse, the way you treat your, raise your kids, the way you ha ha handle your career, the way you handle your money, the way you take care of debt, the way you handle uh, 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 your integrity the way you give your word and keep it, all those things are part of Christmas at work because they display Christ and how he would respond to people. And in all that, then when we share the good news with the poor and reach out and help the homeless and relieve a burden of someone who's suffering, opportunities for them to find Jesus will be right there at our door.
That's Christmas at work. So our challenge today when you walk out of here, go put Christmas to work in your life. Tomorrow morning on the job, tonight at your small group, at your dinner table, do the work of Christmas by following this one verse. Act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly. One more reading as we close because I want you to understand the very last verses of this book of Micah. He says this in verse 18 of this last chapter. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I'm taking all your sin and I'm throwing them to the deepest part of the ocean. And that's where they'll stay. That's how much God loves you. Do you want in on that kind of deal? That God will just take your sins and put them in the bottom of the ocean and you won't have to deal with them anymore? That's what you get when you commit your life to God through Christ, through the thing called the gospel. So put your faith in Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Be baptized into Christ and start all over brand new today. Maybe you hadn't lived up to this commitment. You just want to, want to make sure that that's going straight. Get rid of some sin that's been a burden. That's what our invitation to you is all about today. We love you. I love you. It's an honor to preach and share God's word. And I love Christmas. But I also love the work that Christmas brought about. And I love the work that you do for Christ. If you have a need, would you come right now? We'll together we stand and sing.